Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super pumped to be with you this week because, man, a lot has happened and there is a lot to talk about. We're going to spend the majority of the episode talking about conference realignment news and what it means for BYU. We also have a little bit of show news that we want to share with you guys. Before we get to it, we want to give a quick shout out to our Instagram and Twitter pages at Loyal2RoyalPod. Make sure you give us a follow and check out the fun stuff that we are posting. Also, make sure to download the episode, share it with your friends, and leave a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening on. All right, everybody, let's get to it. Let's boo! Go Tigers! But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go over here, that's right! Let's back this bullet. Yeah! Let's go, Wildcats! Let's go! Let's go! Hello listeners and welcome back in to the best podcast. You, Hands down. As rated by us. Best one on the airwaves. Listeners, you know what time it is. What time is it? Get your power washers, all of y'alls. Mm-hmm. Get your hedge clippers. Oh. For those hedge funds. <laughs> and get a riding mower because it's time for housekeeping. Oh, we're getting serious. This isn't just yes. a push mower. This is a riding mower. This is that summertime housekeeping for you. Oh my nice. goodness. John Deere's out of the shed. All right. Out. Uh, first, an actual item of housekeeping. Yeah, believe it or actually not. Actually housekeeping. Actually housekeeping. Yeah. Podcast news. Yes, this is important for all of y'all. Um, we will start going to two episodes a week now. Woo-hoo! So, this is how it's going to work. We're going to start getting into conference by conference, like, breakdowns. Full breakdowns. We're going to go schedules, sleepers, mystery teams, favorites. We're going to go over the betting win totals. Every little thing. Names to know. You name it. Um, and so, we're, we'll be starting that next week. We're starting with the ACC and the American. Well, two episodes a week, like I said. One will come out on Tuesday. One will come out on Friday. And this is the schedule that will continue into the regular season. We'll have our recaps coming out on Tuesday, and we will have our previews of the next week's game coming out on Friday. Any questions? No, sir. Uh, just one question. Yes, sir. How freaking pumped are you? Because I'm mega pumped. Let's go! You? Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get on with the episode. First, we want to give a quick shout out to the GOAT. Are you? Th- am I talking about Michael Jordan? No, no. LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James. Tom Brady. LeBron no, we talk James. about Joey Chestnut, baby, who not only won his 15th national hot dog eating contest in 17 years, but he choked out a protester in the process <laughs> while he had an injured leg and was on crutches. Oh my gosh. That's true. That's, if that's not America on the 4th of July, I don't know what is. As a wise man once said... You guys like jazz? 
music. <laughs> I actually over the Fourth of July weekend went and saw the musical Hades Town. It's a jazz Hades musical. Town. Oh, very good. Listen to it if you want to. It's, I, it's very good. I'll so take we jazz got classical jazz. We got Barry the B Benson over here. You know, it's a very Ooh, jazzy podcast. Yeah, jazz. So jazz. So the Utah Jazz had a blockbuster trade over the week. Oh. Blockbuster. Um, the Stifle Tower. <laughs> Ever heard of him? Yes. Ruby Gobert. Honestly, kind of a jazz legend. Yeah. Um, they finally traded him off to Minnesota for a complete NBA roster. <laughs> <laughs> they got five players and five picks back what? for just Rudy Gobert. Five players and five picks. Five players and for, five for, picks. For, for Rudy Gobert. Just yeah. one Just person. him. Five first round picks, too. <laughs> and nothing else. Just Rudy Gobert. Just only thing the Jazz are giving up is Rudy Gobert. Technically a pick swap in 2026. Yes. So but the, that means nothing. In 2026. <laughs> Who knows where both of those teams will be in the draft. Um, the players, most of them are not very big names. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, mm-hmm. probably the most mm-hmm. famous. Um, Leandro Bolmaro, Walker Kessler, who was a recent first-round pick. Yep. Yep. And Jared Vanderbilt. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Plus first-round picks in 2023, 2025, 2027, 2029. And a pick swap in 2026. Oh, crap. No, that's a trade. As Lil Yachty once said, because it gets cold like Minnesota. Amen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, my first reaction is, holy freaking goodness, what? A know. whole NBA team for Rudy Gobert? I love you, Rudy. You're not worth that much. I know. I'll take that any day as a Jazz fan. <laughs> Secondly, I don't actually know how I feel because first off I don't know any of the players the one player I do know Patrick Beverly hate him yeah Walker Kessler was good at Auburn but he played for Auburn yeah and given the Jazz's management like given the uniform the whole debacle I don't know if I trust all those draft those draft picks coming up what is Danny Ainge drafting him so yeah. you got to give him credit. No, no credit to Ryan Smith and his uniform design team. <laughs> no, uh, thank you. You know, you know what would be probably the ugliest attire ever? What if we got the BYU football game day committee to collab <laughs> with Ryan Smith and his rebrand committee no. to make a shirt? It'll just say basketball on the front. <laughs> basketball <laughs> team. Honestly, it's probably going to be a huge orange shirt that is just a basketball that says basketball. But it's yeah. got like volleyball lines on it, so yeah. they have to say basketball. <laughs> wow. That would be a debacle. Yes. Ryan Smith, Tom Homo, make it happen. Yep. <laughs> That's called content right there. That'll get you clicks. Um, any other thoughts on this? Uh, do you guys agree with trading away Rudy Gobert? Like... I know Danny has some feelings about um, Rudy and Donovan. Yeah, I mean, Rudy Gobert is kind of like a game-changing player at times, defensively, defensively. only. Defensively. defensively only. He's really good defensively, especially in the paint, as evidenced by his you know three DPOIs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the Jazz with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I don't think they were going anywhere. They kind of hit their ceiling. Yeah. It was the same thing year in and year out. So they had to change something. And getting this much back while losing Gobert, I think, is a good deal as a Jazz fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Rudy. Good luck to him in Minnesota. He, se- he seems like a great guy. Very charitable within Utah. Yeah. Great for the community. But I think it's time for the Jazz to move on, and this is a good way to do it. Yeah. 
I, I feel the same way. I think they should trade away Donovan Mitchell also. Oh, yeah. As much as I love Donovan, I would not mind that either. Honestly. Like, you know what he is? You know, like in Retro Bowl, when you have a player that is maybe good, but like their st- whatever it is, like their happiness level is like oh, toxic. Yeah. yeah. That's what Donovan Mitchell is. Yep. You just gotta yeah. try and trade him. Trade him away, it increases player morale. <laughs> you could just trade him and become the Thunder and get in like. Three first round picks every year. No, draft, it seems. Well, if Rudy Gobert got five five players and five picks, imagine what we could get for Donovan. I know. Trust the process, baby. <laughs> Rising star. Anyway, uh, that's enough NBA news. That's probably yeah. the most we've ever talked about the NBA on this I podcast. Know. Honestly, it's probably enough for the whole year. I think we that's can just enough. skip the entirety of the whole next season. Okay. Yeah, we'll just say who wins the finals and then yeah, move, move on. on. <laughs> move on with our lives. <laughs> uh, like always. Um, <clears throat> all right, next. Um, before we get into the juicy meat of the episode, I want to shout out to my cousin Carter. He's in the military. He's stationed, active duty in South Korea. Okay. Love you, bro. Thank you for your service. Happy 4th of July. He's an avid listener of the podcast. Loves it. And love it. We love you too, man. We appreciate all those listens out from uh, South Korea. Happy 4th of July. Thank you, Carter. We love our troops. We love our freedom. This episode of Royal Strong and True is brought to you by Five Pound Weights. No specific brand, no specific store, just five pound weights in general. Have you ever needed a light weight with which to do lateral or front raises to work out your shoulders? Perhaps you need to just walk and want a little bit of an extra workout. Well, then I have the weight for you. It is a five pound weight. Five pound weights are not too heavy, but they will work you out. Maybe you want to switch to 10. No, that's way too heavy, way too bulky. Number f- the weight number five, five pounds, is compact, helpful, and sturdy. So please, <laughs> go to your nearest store and purchase a five pound weight to support the Royal Strong Interior Podcast. Welcome back in listeners. I hope you enjoyed our sponsored ad. Mm-hmm. And I hope you... You'll follow what they said to put money directly into our pockets. Directly. <laughs> no overhead. No middleman. No middleman. <laughs> and to introduce the final discussion, which is a juicy one, as oh, Jared said, juicy. I have one question for you listeners, and I want you to answer this question in your head. This is interactive podcasting. Mm-hmm. Take yep. notes. <laughs> what were all of you doing on the... Uh, late morning and early afternoon of Thursday, June 30th, 2022. Uh, I was about to board a plane, actually. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were on our way to San Francisco, and I was uh, going to the bathroom. Actually. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, it went well. <laughs> uh, it, it did. Smooth sailing. It did go well. Took good. my Dramamine, don't worry. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> and uh, I get a buzz in my phone, Uh-oh. and it happened to be Justin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me say what I was doing. So I was helping my sister-in-law move out. Oh. She's moving. Uh, finished her residency. She's on to fellowship in Colorado. Congrats to her, Kelly. Foreshadowing, Colorado. Uh, shoot. <laughs> and, you know, I was moving all day. wasn't really looking at my phone. But I saw I had, you know, maybe 20 texts from Justin <laughs> that morning. So, Justin, tell us what you were doing on Thursday, <laughs> June 30th. I was sitting there at work. My boss wasn't there that day, so I just had free reign to do absolutely nothing. In fact, I was sitting in his chair when I, oh, <laughs> shoot, when I opened up Twitter. He took the man's chair. And 
I saw a tweet from two minutes prior stating that USC and UCLA were leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big Ten. At which point, I probably fell out of the chair in a fit of maniacal laughter as I imagined the downfall of the absolute pigsty of an abomination we call the Pac-12. And then I proceeded to send every article I could possibly find to Jared and Dan, and then I posted six million things on the Instagram, probably spammed the heck out of your guys' stories where you're trying to skip through the loyal, the, the loyal to royal pod Instagram story, and it took you ten minutes. It was a crazy, crazy morning slash afternoon of Thursday, June 30th, 2022. What do you guys think about it? So the craziest thing is there were no rumors about this at all. There were no Zippo. leaks. There was no, no, whispers. no whispers. No per sources <laughs> in the <laughs> days sources. going ahead. And then it just dropped like a bombshell. <laughs> Breaking and it, news. And then the Big Ten approved it like four hours later. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> the same and it was day. a done deal. <laughs> And now, I forget who it is, there's one reporter out there that completely, like, every single day, every single morning at the same time, tweets the same thing, that Oklahoma and Texas leaving to the SEC was driven by the e- was driven by ESPN, not the conference of the SEC, and USC and UCLA was driven by Fox, not by either party or the Big Ten, and that mm-hmm. the networks are ruining college football. There is a little bit of truth to what he said. Maybe not ruining. We'll, we'll get to that later. But apparently USC and UCLA had no intention of joining the Big Ten. Had no inkling of it. But then Fox was like, hey, what if? And they were like, oh, yeah. What if? <laughs> what if? And then they okay. just did it. Fox basically coerced them into doing it. They just pulled out their Monopoly money. Say, <laughs> "Yeah, hey, we're doing a Big Ten media deal. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Ten commissioner is probably calling over like, hey, how much money are you making over the Pac-12? And yeah. USC's like, uh, 18, 19 million dollars. <laughs> and the Big Ten's like, hey, how about 95 million? How about 100 million a year? What if we turn that million into a billion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, I was absolutely floored by this. First off, geographically, this is the weirdest move I, I have ever heard of. The Big Ten... Pretty central. I mean, they have Maryland and Rutgers, which is like, yeah. you know, like a four-hour, five-hour drive. Those are those are the newer teams. Relatively-ish, right? close enough. Right, close enough mm-hmm. that, like, if you live in the West, you kind of just meld the East Coast and Midwest yeah. together. It's mostly Eastern time zone still. Right, yeah, yeah. Now, the Big Ten goes cross-country, literally, Literally cross country to pick up USC and UCLA out of Los Angeles. Coast to coast. The flight from LA to Rutgers is shorter than the flight from Rutgers to Iceland. <laughs> if you want to drive to catch the UCLA Rutgers game, let's say you're in UCLA, you want to drive to New Jersey. It's a 41 hour drive. <laughs> oh my. 41 hours. Yeah. You believe that? It'll take days. <laughs> so. To get things going, to dive into the meat of this, I have one question. Okay. What does this mean for college football and the other conferences? So let's go conference by conference. I guess let's start with the Pac-12. Yeah, let's just start there. What does this mean for the Pac-12? What does this mean for the Pac-12? The two most iconic brands of the Pac-12, USC and UCLA. Without even question. Without a doubt, are leading. First, let let me pose this question. What does this mean for Bill Walton? Oh, true. (laughs) Conference of Champions. Where, what is he doing? What? Mm. 
is he dead? Is he in a coma? What are his thoughts on the matter? I don't know if you remember this, but I sent you like a meme that like from a parody Pac-12 PR account. Yeah. And I was like, don't worry, we put Bill Walton in a marijuana-induced coma <laughs> until we figure out how to break the news to him. <laughs> so I, I wonder how Bill Walton is. He hasn't tweeted anything since. It's probably heartbroken. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Honestly, somebody better check on him. I don't know if he's okay. <laughs> but let's move back into the meat. So what does this mean for the Pac-12? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, they're dead. They are dead in the water. I don't care what they're going to say because all the schools are coming out saying, oh, we're still we're still aligned to the Pac-12. Pac-12's like, oh, let's go get more money in the media rights. <laughs> it's like nobody's going to touch you with a 10-foot pole. They're dead. Financially, they're dead. They lost their biggest market. And I know markets don't matter that much anymore, but LA has how many millions of people, right? I think that metro area has somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 yeah. million. Right? It's like the third biggest city in the country. Yeah. Right? And I know that the, like USC and UCLA don't get a ton of fans at their stadium, but they both have big alumni bases. They both have a, a national brand, a national following, but all those... Uh, all of those viewers are not going to be watching Big Ten football. They're not going to be watching Pac-12 football. The Pac-12 is dead financially. So to add to this, there are now rumors about Oregon and Washington leaving the Pac-12 for maybe the Big Ten. Also, the Arizona schools and Utah and Colorado leaving the Pac-12 to join the Big 12. So who's left in the Pac-12? We've got <laughs> Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, Cal... Uh, who else is there? Is that it? Uh, I mean, there's 12, and the two left, six. Yeah, two, that's, <laughs> that's it. it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. <laughs> the four worst teams in the Pac-12 are left. Literally, they're looking to expand, but like, who could they replace those teams with? Who are they? Gonna Fresno be? State, Boise State. <laughs> so UC historically, Irvine. Utah State, UC, UC Irvine, Irvine. <laughs> UC Davis. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Historically, the Pac-12 has been really against expansion, but they did approve expansion, which then begs to differ. Will they l- allow schools in that are not part of the AAU, AAU. I think is what it's called, or mm. that are not R1 institutions? Yeah. Will they allow in a Fresno State, a San Diego State, a Boise State, which is nothing more than a glorified community college? <laughs> glorified high school. Yeah, academically. Yeah. Would they allow these schools in? I think they've put themselves up on such a hill... That it's not gonna happen, right? And then a bunch of schools that they would invite are probably miffed. They're like, like if I have a Mountain West team, I'm not going to the Pac-12. No, the, yeah. like what? So Why? I can make not after million, all these years. You know, can, yeah, Pac-12 yeah. looking down on everyone. And honestly, you join the Pac-12, and then before you know it, Pac-12 is worse than the Mountain West, and True. who knows? Like, I don't know. The Pac-12 is in a bad spot. It's very bad. Sure. It's in U- a really bad USC spot. and UCLA. Hung the Pac-12 out to dry. With no, this they did. For sure. They really did. And I know what people are thinking because USC and UCLA haven't been good and relevant for like 8 to 10 years. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's see. Yeah. Michigan, right? Michigan was like their first year beating Ohio State in 10 years. First time being re- nationally relevant in 10 years. Guess what? They still have one of the biggest alumni bases. They have the biggest, one of the biggest caches in all of college football. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter that... You know, they went to four bowl games in the last eight years. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all about the brand and the national following. Yes. Don't forget, UCLA has the third biggest alumni base in the nation. With <laughs> the addition of USC and UCLA, the Big Ten now has five of the ten largest alumni bases in the nation. That's ridiculous. 
Big Ten's so, in a good spot. Let me they're tell you. in a really good spot, and there's there's some, there's some layers, like really really deep layers to this. But Klyovkov and the Pac-12, they are trying to survive. They their media deal was going to expire next year. Okay. But they reopened negotiations as of now. And they have a 30-day window where when they're negotiating with Fox and ESPN. After that 30-day window, it opens up to everyone else. Right. Fox has already said we want no part of it and has dropped out. <laughs> Fox has just straight up dropped out and said we don't want you. So now they're negotiating with ESPN, but it's not the only 30-day window that these schools are dealing with. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, the Big 12 has offered Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah a place in the conference with Fox TV numbers to back it up, and that offer expires in 30 days. I love it. That's interesting. The Big That's 12 really interesting. has a lot more to offer those schools than this what's left of the Pac-12 does. Right, right. I, which is, I think is awesome. I, uh, I think it's also awesome. If you could get those six schools, that would be fantastic. And we'll get into the Big 12 a little bit later. But just one final thing on the Pac-12. You did this to yourself. Yep. I would just like to let this be known. You did this to yourself. You've been snotty, snobby, and you've been a little biatch about it for the last 12 years. And, <laughs> and you've been just so bleep. mean to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you refused to expand last year when Oklahoma and Texas really set this whole thing off. I know. You signed the stupidest deal with the Pac-12 network that's so bad that, that West Coast broadcast partners don't want, want to carry it. Yeah. What Nobody do you, wanted it. What do you expect that teams want to leave? You refuse to do unequal revenue sharing, even though USC and UCLA bring in half of your your viewership. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Screw you guys. It's their own fault. Your own dang fault. One more thing before we move on, and I guess this kind of puts us into the Big 12, so it, it, sector, it segues us into our next segment. Can we just take a moment and appreciate God's timing? Because if USC and UCLA had left before Texas and Oklahoma, Ooh. BYU would not have been invited to the Pac-12 and would have been screwed out of this whole new system. That's a good but point. because it happened when it did, the Big 12 invited us. And instead of the Pac-12 absorbing the Big 12, which would have happened if it were the inverse, mm-hmm. the Big 12 is absorbing the Pac-12 and BYU gets a place at the table. Yeah. God bless me. And we get, you know, from a more local standpoint, we get to be already in the Big 12 and be like... <laughs> Okay, little brother in Salt Lake City, I guess maybe we'll allow you to join if you're nice to us. <laughs> you know something. that old State Farm commercial, like, oh, I caught you at all. Oh, yeah. you that. That's like BYU yeah. hanging <laughs> Big 12 membership over Utah. How the turntables. <laughs> and then I saw this meme by Bonnie Fuller. It's the oh, Happy Gilmore. Where an amazing meme. <laughs> Gilmore, Happy is the uh, University of Utah. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. Oh, oh okay. Bummer. Bummer. <laughs> Stop over. But basically, Shoot. that's what Utah's doing right now. They're just like, please let us in. <laughs> on hands and knees. It feels so, begging. so good after 12 years of the Ute fans just rubbing the Pac-12 in our faces and just smearing it all over their cars and their shirts and their bumper stickers. Shout out to all the Ute fans that got tattoos of the Pac-12. Oh, <laughs> And I love how Utah finally wins the Pac-12 and goes to the Rose Bowl, and then... <laughs> that, maybe that Pac-12 was the linchpin. Maybe that was it. 
Utah did something good, and something from on high said, no, we can't have this anymore. Uh-uh. Boom. <laughs> it's like the... What, what is the meme where the guy's, like, sleeping, and then he, like, wakes up? That was, like... Oh, <laughs> some WWE thing? Or yeah, the Undertaker? Yeah, yeah, Undertaker. yeah that's what the Undertaker... That's, like, the college like football that. gods when Utah won the Pac-12. They're, like, oh! He sits up, <laughs> comes back to life. Man, I gotta make all these memes. That Cannot allow They'll this. be thrown up on the Instagram shortly. All right, so transitioning into the Big 12. Yes. Obviously, I think besides the SEC and the Big 10... The Big 12 is obviously in the best spot out of the other three. Yeah. Because the Pac-12 is crumbling to dust before our very eyes to chants that are explicit from BOU fans. Um, and the ACC, they're sweating bullets right now because Florida, Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, they're the next ones to go. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you they're the next ones to go. Yes, they are. Um, but the Big 12 is sitting really pretty because, and I mean this in the best way, Nobody wants any of us. <laughs> I know. But that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. We have the most stability to offer Pac-12 teams, such as the Four Corner Schools, mm-hmm. Oregon, and Washington. Yeah. So what do you guys think you guys should do if you – or what would you guys do if you guys were Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12? What should be the next move? I mean, if you're Yormark, you have to be aggressive. You can't sit back and watch because if you sit back and watch, you die. I, that's what Pac-12 the, did last year. The Big yep. 12 will die if you sit back and watch. So you have to poach the profitable Pac-12 schools while you still can, which is what they do. They've already met, supposedly, with Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. There's some debate as to whether or not they've met with Oregon and Washington, but apparently they have extended invitations to all six schools, like I said, with that 30-day, which is now 29 days because it was extended yesterday, deadline. So... We'll see what happens. We'll see if they actually join. I'm confident that four of those six schools will join. But I don't know, what, what do you guys think of a league that has those four schools in it along with the new Big 12? So what I think about the Big 12, and I just had this thought, it's well, the way it is now and the way it would be if they added the Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado, it'd be like good programs that aren't that don't have the huge like egos. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, like it's not... Texas and Oklahoma already left to join the SEC because they think, you know, there's these big shots. The play on the field tells a different story, but... I wish you guys could have seen the way Dan rolled his eyes when he said Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. So it's teams that are good, you know, good programs. You know, not, obviously not the best teams in the nation, but not Mm. the worst either. And they're competitive teams. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State, you know, top 10 team. Baylor. Baylor. Uh, BYU, BYU, of course. Houston, yep. Houston. UCF and Cincy. Have UCF, national championship winner. Yes, so uh, na- they have a little bit of an ego. Gotta say. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. that's fair. They have a funny ego, though. Yeah, and they're like fun teams, too. They're not the most annoying teams yeah. in the country. Right, 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 right. And I think it makes them more stable in the long run. Because, you know, the ACC, as we've talked about, they've got a few teams that could leave at any second. Yeah. yeah. In the Pac-12, we just saw they had a couple teams... <laughs> They were willing to leave for you know a few dollar signs. I don't see the Big Twelve anything negative happening to it in the future. Yeah, which I think is a good spot to be in. I think there's been like some like airport like air air quotes reports per sources per sources mm-hmm. which we He's were got hearing a, a lot of basically everything that we're talking about is per sources. People say a lot of things and just add per source. At <laughs> yes, they do. Even we do it. We should start doing that. Just. 
Per source, BYU will be the leader of the SEC. <laughs> BYU in talks with the SEC. Per source. Per source. Um, we are the source. Anyway, um, I don't think the Pac-12... Uh, there's reports that the Pac-12 is looking at Big 12 schools as part of expansion. Happen. That's not going to happen. Not going to yeah. happen. That's, the Pac-12 has nothing to offer. If that they was going to happen, it would have happened you know, a few years ago, I right? think. Right, right. With the Big 12 schools. Personally, and I was talking to my dad and my uncle about this, and my uncle Jared thinks the first thing you do is you invite Oregon and Washington. Yeah. Right? Because those obviously are the two best schools left. Yep. Yeah. And they, they both have, like, national brand. Now, Oregon obviously has Nike. They're new yeah. money. Phil Knight. Right. They're definitely new money, but they still have cachet. And Washington has been good in the past. They have yeah. a couple of national championships. Washington is old money. Right. Yeah. yeah. They haven't been great as of late, but they're... Definitely better than the rest of the yeah. Twelve, yeah, or Pac Twelve, um, Pac Ten, <laughs> yes, uh, Pac Four. I think you invite you invite them, but you also invite um, the Four Corner schools, the Arizonas, oh, Colorado, and Utah, right? Four corners. Now, what that does is, I think you can get the Arizonas, Utah, and Colorado. I think yeah. you can get them. They geographically make sense. Absolutely, culture wise, mm-hmm. they make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like Arizonas, they fit right in yeah. Southwest Conference kind of thing. Utah, they pair right with BYU in that mark, and Colorado was in the Big 12 10 years ago. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. Or however many years it was. Um, so I think you can get those. And what that does is that puts pressure on Oregon and Washington. Yeah, it destabilizes the, big, the Pac 12 entirely. Yeah. Right. It gives them the incentive to leave. They yeah. have to do something. Exactly. If the four corner schools leave, exactly. Oregon and Washington have to go somewhere. Right. Yes. That's not the Pac-12. Absolutely, they do. And I know that we've heard talks that Oregon and Washington have asked the Big 12 and Big 10 or Big 10. Big 10. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. They've asked the Big 10 to join. That's not going to happen because the Big 10's waiting on Notre Dame. They've mm-hmm. wanted Notre Dame for a long time. Notre Dame is definitely the hottest commodity outside of maybe Clemson. Right? Yeah. Or I, I think even Notre Dame. Probably more than Clemson. Notre Dame, Dame. No, Notre Dame is like the premier team out there. more yeah. than Clemson. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and Notre Dame is, as well. Notre Dame is king. And so if the Big Ten gets Notre Dame, there's no reason to take Oregon and Washington. Yeah, I think they, it, it's possible. I know like a lot of the experts are saying that Oregon and Washington won't even be considered until Notre Dame makes a decision right. and is in. Which cuts yeah. Oregon and Washington... As like, like you said, they're new money. They have brands, but they do not bring in a lot of income to the Big Ten. Right. Like I, th- I forget what exactly the number is, but I think they're forty percent short of what the Big Ten requires in order for you to join. Interesting. Wow. In revenue, so they've applied. The Big Ten said we're holding off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, they're like like we said. They're waiting on Notre Dame. Notre Dame has no incentive to make a decision before 2026 or 2025. Yeah. So we'll be waiting on that. Before we move on, I just want to add one little sad fact about the Pac-12. Oh, I love these. Reportedly, the Pac-12 schools are interested in joining the Big 12 for one reason. Or I guess a plethora of reasons, <laughs> but one main reason. Increased attendance at their games. <laughs> Not increased home attendance, increased away fans in their stadiums. Normally that would be a bad thing, right? But the Pac-12 can't fill its stadiums. The Pac-12 does not travel well. Washington State fans do not come to watch games at UCLA. The Big 12 does travel well. So the Pac-12 teams are intrigued by the pers- by the prospective increase in ticket sales. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's, That's just sad. <laughs> that is also sad. That you have to like, 
well, yeah, we should join a new conference so that we have more away fans buying our tickets. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> that is that is terribly sad, but it makes sense business-wise, right? Like, yeah. You know, whatever you can do. Um, now, last thing on the Big 12. What does this mean for the Big 12 moving forward? So say you get the four-corner schools. Um, I don't know. Say whatever you will. Do you guys think that the Big 12 is the best of the rest after the two super conferences? Or maybe what would it take for yeah. to become that? So it's looking like the SEC and the Big Ten will be one and two. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it seems like it'll kind of be a fight for third place between, well, it was between the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC. Seems like the Pac-12 is no longer in the running. No. I don't think so. So the Big 12 needs to beat out the ACC if they want to be that third tier mm-hmm. conference. And I think they have a good shot. Uh, the ACC, like I said earlier, they still have a little bit of instability mm. uh, with you know brands like Miami. They're pretty similar to USC yeah. Yeah. as far as football goes. Yes. You know, historical team. They had a golden age at some point. They have a decent you know, national brand. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not happy in the ACC. Clemson, they might not be happy either. They might <laughs> be you know, a little worried about their position. They might be kind of clawing to preserve their place in the you know, top hierarchy of college football and leave. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, the Big 12 right now is in a better spot than both the ACC and the Pac-12 because of their greater long-term stability. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. It It's important to... The ACC has a media rights deal that goes out until 2036. Yes, and they signed the grant Sheesh. of rights deal. Grant of rights deal as well. Yeah. So the Big 12 gets to renegotiate this year, if not next year. But I think they moved it up to this year So because they're, adding, they're trying to add new teams. So that means they'll sign a contract which will give them short-term stability while the, PAC, while the ACC, which we'll talk about later is, like Dan said, in a little bit of a state of flux because there are these big brands that you know want or that uh, that the other conferences want to poach. Yes. So I, If they didn't have that Grand Rides deal, I guarantee you Miami, Florida State, and Clemson would all be in the SEC right now. Yep. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. The only thing the ACC has that the Big 12 doesn't is a national title contender. Yeah. Now, yeah. that has yet to be seen because I personally think Clemson is going to take another step back this year after yeah. losing both... I think they're done. They're coordinators. Yeah. Dan called it I first. I think they're done. Honestly. Dan was Dan called it train. first. He was on top of it. I, I'm now on that train, too. I think Clemson's going to not be as good. But that's the only thing the ACC has, right? That's why the SEC is project and the Big Ten are so good, quote-unquote, right? Is because the Big Ten has Ohio State, and uh, the SEC has Georgia and Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. But I think top to bottom, the Big 12 could beat... Like, if you did, like, a Big Ten or a Big 12 ACC challenge, like they do in basketball, yeah. I think Big 12 beats ACC handily, top to bottom. Yeah. I think so, too. And even including basketball, the ACC definitely has the bigger brands, especially Duke, UNC. UNC and Duke. But Syracuse, they're not as dominant as they have been in no, basketball. We saw Absolutely. that last year. The Big yeah. 12 and the Big Ten are kind of eclipsing the ACC in terms of number of teams that and the are in the top 25 a number of teams that make the tournament. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, basketball obviously does not have as big of an influence as football does. But yeah. even basketball, the ACC is the more historic league. But things are changing fast, I feel like. Yeah. Speaking of basketball, here's a random little nugget. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Nugget? 
for the last 45 years, one conference has led the nation in men's basketball attendance. Mm-hmm. Guess who? Big 12. Big Ten. Oh, Big Ten. For 45 years straight, Big no, Ten man. has led hey. in men's basketball attendance. Shout out to Indiana, probably yeah. carrying 45 <laughs> years. Yeah. That was like random, but like that's blew my mind. I totally would have thought it was the ACC, but yeah, true. Anyway, well, since we're talking about the ACC, let me give you guys a counter argument because we've talked about how the ACC will see a little bit of instability because they have these big programs. Let me tell you why the ACC is a safer place than you might think. Now we've talked about they have that media and grant of rights deals that runs for another 14 years through 2036. What are they doing when they sign that? What that grant of rights means is that if a team were to leave for another conference, the new conference would have to pay the ACC every year during the duration of the contract, which is very, very expensive. 14 years. So that's until 2036. Until 2036. So that not only that not only like um, I forgetting the word, but like. That makes not only the teams not want to leave, but also it makes the other conferences not want to poach. Yeah, exactly. They want to keep their hands away from the ACC. Can I make a car- counter-argument yeah. to that? Yes. Counter-counter. You can't pay something that's dead. Oh. Exactly. If the SEC and the Big Ten both go after three or four ACC schools, it's over. You don't have to worry they about that. They have no power left. That's the only I, way the contract could be breached. Yeah. But I, I, don't think, I don't think that's going to happen, though. Just it might. It could. Not, but. I mean, like I said, there's two ways. You could either do an entire legal battle that will cost millions, 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 millions of dollars. Or like Jared said, literally the Big Ten and the SEC would have to work together right. to poach four teams each at the same time so that it dissolves and there's no entity left to pay. Right. Yeah. So it depends whether or not the if the Big Ten and the SEC want to form their own super conference NFL esque league, then we will know that that's happening the second that they start working together like that. Yeah. But maybe. if they just keep individually poaching, then we'll see maybe what's gonna be of college football. But if we move to that NFL esque model of the Big Ten and the SEC, I have a fun little comparison for you guys. You know what that makes the Big Twelve? The Big Twelve. Is the USFL of professional football leagues? Hey, hey, is the talent as great? Maybe not, but is it more fun to watch? Heck yeah! Absolutely, Absolutely is. That's that's interesting. Um, personally, I don't see the Big Ten and the SEC poaching those schools for like ten years at the okay. very least. I just yeah. I don't see that happening. I don't think either school is that desperate. For those, I mean, I, I guess the SEC kind of wants Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Yeah, they do. They, they definitely do, but I don't they think they're mind. in a spot where they need to get it, right? It's yeah. like the Big Ten. They would love to have Oregon and Washington travel partners with UC, USC and UCLA, but they don't need them. No, like, they they, don't. They'd rather have another yeah. game, so I don't know. Um, yeah, the Big Ten and the SEC are sitting pretty right now. In the ACC, we kind of talked about earlier... They were thinking about doing some sort of partnership with the Pac-12, with their, yeah. their conference game. The ACC, just like the Pac-12, is going to have to do something, I feel like. Yeah. Because college football is changing so fast. If any given conference doesn't change, it'll be left behind. Yeah. And the ACC needs to do something. But they do have that you know, 14-year deal that right. makes things complicated. Mm-hmm. And what was the other deal? Like the right of... The grant of rights. Grant of rights. Yeah. What is that exactly? So, 
that's basically what Justin was talking yeah, about. Yeah, like, it's, it's for football and basketball. Basically, the the conference owns the rights of the schools. Okay. So, like, they, they can't go off and do their own thing. They can't negotiate other things by themselves. Like, it has to be the conference doing it for them. So, that's yeah. why, like, the school itself could not pay a buyout to leave the grant of rights. Mm. If they were to leave, the, the other conference would have to pay directly the ACC. Okay. Not the school that's leaving, so you can't just get a bunch of boosters to do it. It would yeah. have to be the conference itself. Okay, yeah. And that's, I think that's basically what's holding the ACC yeah. together right that now. It makes things tricky. Like, yeah. That's it. Basically, it's, you know, like that saying, like, sign your soul to the devil, sell your soul to the devil? Mm-hmm. That's what the grant of rights is. They've sold, the ACC schools have sold their soul to the ACC. To the conference. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't know, that's kind of a wacky move to make. Like, I don't even know when they signed it. Was it 2016? Because it was like a 20-year deal or something? Yes. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's like, why would you do that? I don't know. Yeah. It was a different <laughs> landscape back then. It really was. Yeah. Um, speaking of landscape, oh. w- the college football landscape has changed so much in the last two years. Not only with just conference realignments with all those NIL, the transfer portal, early signing period. Blech. I... I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts just overall? Like, where are we headed as college football? Like, I don't know. Kind of like Dan said in the beginning. What are our thoughts on just where college football is at right now? I have some very specific thoughts on this. College football is changing. It will not be the same product that our parents grew up with. It won't be the same product from our own childhood. Whether or not you look at this as a positive depends on what type of fan you are. This is good for the college football couch fan. That only watches the game on TV, on his couch, has his food and his drinks, live bets the games on his phone. It's good for him because it creates more marquee matchups and his television exposure. This is bad for the season ticket holder and local fan that made it a family affair to come to the games, to travel to the away games. The fans that were traveling to all the away games that instead of traveling a couple hours will have to travel a couple days. It's bad for that fan. So whether you prioritize the original fans that actually travel and love the team or just college football fans in general that, watch, that love watching TV, that's, that's going to be where your point of view differs. Yeah, I kind of have mixed feelings about the last you know, couple years of college football because I think part of what makes college football so special and distinct from the NFL, the NBA, or any other sports league, is the history, the culture, you know, the pageantry, the, all the rivalries. I feel like there's a lot more surrounding the game, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, than the other sports leagues. And a lot of the big programs in the last couple of years are throwing that away for money, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad. But at the same time, one consequence of this could be. BYU and Utah back in the same conference. Which is good. Playing each other regularly, (laughs) which I personally am a fan of. I know they beat up on us a lot the last few years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We beat them last time we played. Haven't played since. It's been over a thousand days since Utah beat BYU in football. (laughs) There you go. But in that sense, I think this is good for at least BYU fans. Definitely. Um... But yeah, like Justin was saying, college football is changing, and it will be different. It's kind of sad like to lose something that you cared so much about, 
it won't be the same, like that's just a fact. But that doesn't mean that the future will be bad just because it's different. It could still be very entertaining, it probably will be, right. just in a different way. And new rivalries will be formed and, like it or not, the sport will go on. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's how I feel. Whether you like it or not, it's changing. <laughs> yeah, it's changing, accept it, you know, hopefully it's good still. Yeah. In yep. a lot of ways it will be. I agree with both of you guys. I, it's changing. It's really sad that it's changing. Because yeah. growing up, um, we all grew up, BYU was in the Mountain West. And I remember vividly the moments that I realized I love BYU football and I love college football was 07 to 09, that little spurt. That was like really when I got into it. BYU was fighting with TCU and Utah constantly. We had that rivalry um, it was one of us three every year for the conference title. We had those two crazy wins in 07 and 09. 08, they got the better of us. You know, like, and, and during that time period, the best part was going to church and arguing with our neighbors <laughs> about who's number one in the conference, who's playing better. Um, the rivalry, uh, I remember me and my family went to a San Diego State game mm. and all the San Diego State players came out. And this is like before San Diego State was like really good. Like they're decent, but they came out and they were all wearing beat BYU shirts. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? Like, like I didn't even think twice about San Diego State, but they just hated us. Yeah. And, and I realized like that's disappeared the last 10 years. Like, you, you know, and for BYU, it's obviously unique because we went independent. Yeah, especially as an independent. Yeah. Right. It's not the same. But, like, that's what I loved about it was the conference. Um, maybe I'm just bagging on independence here. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love the regional rivalries. I love yeah. competing with, yeah. you know, my friends at school. I love talking about the conference and, like, we hate each other. Like, we both hate, like, I hate Utah. My friends hate BYU. But we both hate TCU. And we hate Gary Patterson and Andy Dalton. And I think that isn't exactly gone. I think it has been gone for the last 10 years, especially in the last two years with everything changing. Like, that has kind of gone away. But to finish out my monologue here, mm -hmm. in the words of Stephen Grant from Moon Knight, can everybody just chill the F out? <laughs> okay? We just need to take, like, 10-year break, okay? Let's just all sign a grant of rights deal where we just sit for 10 years on our butts, let everything play out, and I promise you, we will all feel better about it. The reason that everybody's getting up in arms is because it's changing, and it's changing so fast, it's mm -hmm. changing every year. If we would just sit down and play it out for 10 years, what would start to happen? Conference rivalries, the, the band of brotherness between teams and regions. I promise you, it's going to fix itself. If we would just sit still and not change everything every single second. If that takes us going to two super leagues that form a league of their own, and then the Big 12 and the rest of the ACC and the rest of the Pac-8 form a mini-conference, like a mini-league with all the G5 schools, and they have their own playoff, I would love that. But I just, I want to have some stability. I want to know what we're doing. Like, I, I, I don't know. I think the stability and the longevity of having something in place for a, a certain amount of years, that will help bring back the tradition, like Dan said, the tradition, the energy, the atmospheres, and that's what sets college football apart, like Dan said. Amen.
Amen. Um, I just want to add that this has kind of happened before. With yeah. Like rivals, you know, changing conferences. True. It's happened a lot before, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Florida and Florida State. True. Not in the same conference. Yeah. Which, they God bless the ACC and, and the SEC for letting them play every year. I know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it still can work out. There's like older ones, like, I don't know, Duke, Maryland used to be a big thing. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia. West Virginia Pitt. Yeah. Yeah, West Virginia Pitt. That's a Texas, big Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts. And Missouri, it's happened Kansas. before. Yeah. So everyone just take a deep breath. Calm down. College football is still fun. Yes. Especially and the new Big 12. Especially our conference. Enjoy it. Because it is the most regionalized conference that will be left. Yes. We could start forming rivalries with Colorado. Just like Utah has. Made a fake rivalry with ours will be real though. No, ours will be more real. Uh, the Arizona schools we could play them a lot more, which yes, I I'm I happy about. That. It's fun. It is fun. Utah and Arizona are mm. like brothers. It's awesome. <laughs> it you know is. what? University of Arizona. Freak you. Yeah. Okay. This is now in the University of Arizona hate podcast. I love it. I'm Forks in. Rivalry started, baby. Forks up. Forks up. Except baby. when they play Forks BYU. Up. Yeah. Whatever the A is, A down. I don't know, is that just like an upside bear down? down? Bear down. Bears. Bear up. Bear up. Yeah. Bear up. Bear up. Bear up to you, bears. Bear up, like. Bear up to the Wildcats. Still don't know why that. Whatever that. Arizona, freak you. I. I, the Big 12, I don't care, and I, and I know like a lot of fans, like I don't know, I feel like they want to be part of the super conferences, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I would rather actually be in the Big 12 with the four-corner schools added. I think yeah. if they add the four-corner schools, they have BYU. I think that is the perfect I conference. That's ideal. If I could only watch one conference, I'm sorry, Big 10. I It'd love you. That. I love you. But I would watch the Big 12. Yeah, I don't care about the SEC. I have no emotional investment. You don't investment. want to watch Vanderbilt, Kentucky? Anyone. <laughs> the Big Ten has a few good games every year. Yep. But I'll still watch. But the Big 12 will absolutely be the most entertaining conference. I don't care if I have to get Apple TV Plus or Amazon Prime to watch it. Yeah. We're gonna Or, or Disney Plus, ESPN Plus expansion. I Unless it's AT&T, AT&T Rocky Mountain Sports Network Plus. <laughs> no. Anything but that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you got me with that one. We might have just killed Jared. <laughs> I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> any any parting thoughts? Uh, maybe words of consolation to the audience? Or maybe words of fire? I have words of fire. Okay. To all the BYU fans out there that are saying, we should keep Utah out of the Big 12 because they were so mean to us. I know we have some listeners that are like that, but <laughs> repent. Grow up. <laughs> yeah, as dads are growing respectfully. You need to you need to freaking take a chill pill, okay? Having BYU and Utah be in the same conference is what we've always wanted. It's good for we the want game. it to be a conference rivalry. Imagine we can play the holy war on rivalry weekend. Yes! And that would be a huge Shoot. draw. The viewers would love that. The and holy the war is a, as as much as like we might not think it is, the holy war is a nationally recognized 
rivalry and people love watching it in california i had a high school teacher mr armstrong had no relation to the church at all whatsoever he said his favorite college football rivalry because he was a history teacher and he loved the name was the holy war <laughs> he had absolutely he didn't even know i was a byu like fan and he said that and i was like yo go kooks and he was like oh you BYU? <laughs> it's a nationally recognized rivalry so please if you're trying to keep utah out of the big 12 eat your shorts <laughs> i like that Language. What was the first thing that Danny said that I echoed? Oh, yeah. The first thing I said was... First thing. Utah to the Big 12. Utah Literally, to the Big 12. We did it. After Justin sent the text that UCLA and USC were leaving, Dan jumped straight to Utah to the Big 12. That is the most fun that a BYU fan can have is having that game the last week of the season. Oh, my gosh. Postseason hopes on the line. I want it back. I want it back too. Dude, I, I miss going to BYU Utah games and wearing like a jacket and gloves and a yes. beanie. You know, it's like <laughs> November 28th. Oh my gosh. It's like sleeting it's outside. Wait, uh, quick side note. Okay. Can you guys imagine the first time USC and UCLA have to go play in Minnesota in November? Oh, and it's like shoot. negative 15 degrees <laughs> and all these Cali kids are like... <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to USC. I, I can I can already see it. Twenty twenty five. USC goes four and zero at the beginning of Big Ten play, undefeated, number three in the nation, whatever. And then they travel to Purdue and lose to <laughs> three and seven Purdue, seven to three or something yep. like that. <laughs> exactly. They have to play Iowa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imagine that. They're going oh, to line shoot. up and see an offense with like. A fullback, two tight ends, and like basically all eleven of their players yeah. inside of the box, and they're not even gonna know how to react. Trap plays. Oh my god. Are you kidding? wedges? <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be insane. I was so excited to see that because at least the Big Ten West schools get to play Ohio State and Penn State every so often, you know, in Maryland. Yeah. So they get like a little bit, but like the USC and UC like. Like, neither of them have been to the Rose Bowl either, so neither of them played a Big Ten school <laughs> in 10 years. What do you mean? UCLA plays in the Rose Bowl every single game. Every hey. single home game. True. In front of nobody. But. <laughs> hey, they'll be playing in front of a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of Illinois fans. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of, bunch of Iowa fans filling Shout up the Rose Bowl. Shout out to Tom Bowl. Fornelli out there. Notable Illini alum. Illini. My parting words are, we're not done yet. Mm. Things are still Good changing words. Good words. in the coming weeks, maybe, uh, if not in the coming seasons. This is not how college football is going to be, because it's always changing. Especially the last couple of years, and especially the next couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. So buckle up, get your Twitter feeds refreshed, mm-hmm. follow us. Yes. yes. We will guide you every step of the way, especially if you're a BYU fan. We know how you all feel. We're here with you, experiencing every minute with you. So let's just sit back and enjoy it. Yep. Amen. Amen. I, I'm i very excited to see how things pan out in the next couple of weeks, because I think the only move that's going to happen will be Big 12, Pac-12 related. Yeah. yeah. Because Notre Dame's not going anywhere. Notre Dame has no motivation <laughs> not to change anything. I would be honest. This is just me. I would be surprised if Notre Dame does not make a move by the end of the year. Really? End of the year. Really? Interesting. You cannot remain independent and stay in the new college football playoff model. Yeah. You will have to be part of a conference, and they are going to have to choose. I, I agree, but I, I don't, see that. I don't yeah. think they'll make the move until 
they decide in 2024-25 what the new playoff situation is going to be, True. then Notre Dame will see, like, do we have to or do we not have to? Yeah. Okay. But I totally agree. They're going to have to join the Big Ten at some point, and it will be the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. But I just don't think it's going to happen yet. Mm. My parting words, just take a chill pill. Yep. I think we're all overreacting, except for the Pac-12 is dead. We are not overreacting. Shut up. Pac-12, burn the ashes. <laughs> um, but let's just all take a chill pill. I think college football is going to be just fine. We don't have to worry. Like, all these per-source reports and, like, the super conferences. <laughs> per-source. Um, He's got a source. <laughs> I think it's all going to be okay. We just kind of need to chill. Chill. Uh, what's the word? Chillax. Chillax. Mm-hmm. I was going to say chill lax, but I don't think that's chill. Right. Lax. No, no, no. Because no. lax is not chill. Lax no. is not the answer. No, 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 no for no. this. Yes. Um, but if we just take a chill pill, let's focus on this season. How about right? Yeah. Let's just focus on this season. Let's be like last BYU year. BYU football has Head a coach season. mentality. Yeah. Up. There we go. Their farewell tour, as their shirts <laughs> say. <laughs> I got an email from BYU store and I saw those and I'd forgotten how bad they were. Oh, the my f- goodness. Okay. My my thoughts about those. This is a tangent. I don't mind the back at all. Okay. It's fine. Okay. The front is just the worst thing yeah. they've ever made. Yep. Ever. It's disgusting. It's terrible. It looks like a shirt for 10 year olds. Yeah. It looks like a shirt you'd get at like a father's and son's camp or something. Yeah. Or something like, like in like the movie commercials where they had... Some generic schools like yes. state, yeah, tech. State. <laughs> it looks like one of those schools. That's exactly what it's what straight, like out of a sh- yeah, straight, straight out of a fans so bill. So generic. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that's bad. Bad, oh bad, bad. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. Uh, we'll be with you next week mm-hmm. on Tuesday. 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 Check out the episode. Yes, and we will bring you an ACC. Preview. We'll break it all down for you. Um, we won't talk conference realignment. We're going to be focusing on this. Unless something crazy unless happens. Unless something happens, and then we will abort the ACC immediately. Abort mission. Um, but yeah, we'll be covering ACC win totals, conference breakdown. It'll be really, really fun. We're going to do a bunch of research for it. So uh, yeah, get pumped. And then the American will be coming next week as well, and we'll just hit it off. Heck yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal2RoyalPod. Remember to download the episode, share it with your friends, and leave a five-star review. We love you guys. Thank you. Goodbye now.